We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, everybody? Week one is finally here. It is Tuesday night, kicking it off here on Roto-Grinders on the show schedule, doing it a little different this year. We are here with the boys from Fantasy Points. We're calling this the Prime Points Show here with Jake Tribby, here with Graham Barfield. Guys, welcome to the show. Graham, I'll kick it off with you. Welcome to Roto-Grinders. Welcome to the family. Uh, Happy to have Fantasy Points on the show this year. Yeah, appreciate it. It feels good to be a part of the family. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of, of you and Rotor Grinders in general. So it's really cool that we get to you know, chop it up every week, go through the first look. Uh, it's I think we're the first show on Rotor Grinders every week for NFL. So that's that's fun, too. It's always exciting. And I get to do it with my boy, Jake Tribby. I mean, what else can you ask for? I mean, this is uh, it's perfect. Yeah, Jake, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the family as well. Glad to have you on here. Uh, lots going on at Fantasy Points. Lots going on at Rotor Grinders. Lots to dice it up. This week one show might be a little different. Once we get in the season, we'll have a little more data to play with, but happy to uh, kind of dive into everything with you guys this week. 
Yeah, this is, I mean, this is super exciting for me. Roto Grinders was the first DFS site that I ever signed up for back in 2015. I was actually still in high school. Um, it's kind of kind of surreal, honestly, in a way. Cal Spears was actually my first, first one of the first people I reached out to when I was looking for a job in the industry. And he gave me an opportunity to write for Roto Grinders. That was about three years ago. And now I'm at Fantasy Points and, you know, it's come full circle. So, so grateful to be here and uh, yeah, excited for the season. Yeah, so Jake, fantasy points. Some of these people here at Roto Grinders, right? Fantasy points relatively new. It's been around a couple of years. They might not know what's going on over at Fantasy Points. Why don't you tell people what Fantasy Points is? Some of the data you have going on over there. What are you personally doing over there? Let the people know what's going on. Yeah, so fantasypoints.com is the one-stop shop for everything related to football analysis. I'm talking DFS, season-long, props, college football, dynasty, betting, draft analysis, even injury insights. I mean, we have a doctor that works for our site, which I think is pretty cool. We cover every angle and distill it down to exactly what you need to know. Obviously, that's awesome, but to me, what really separates fantasypoints.com from the competition is the raw quality of our writing and analysis. I'm the reigning fantasy football writer of the year. I actually have the trophy right here. I'm like bringing out the, the hardware. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the sixth best writer on the site. Okay. And that's not even me being humble. That's just the truth. Um, so our, our writing quality is just absurdly good. You only need to read one Ryan Heath article to see exactly what I mean. And I haven't even, I haven't even talked about the data suite. We have by far the most comprehensive suite of data tools specifically geared for fantasy football players. I can't emphasize that part enough specifically geared towards fantasy football players and access to that data costs just $50 this year. It really is a massive steal because this is every piece of data that you need to be a successful fantasy football player. And this shows viewers are going to get to see just how powerful these tools are um, during the show, which I, I think is just awesome. Um, we do have a promo code live right now. It's a uh, 23 capital F uh, points, uh, all capitals five. Um, and that'll get you 5% off. Um, and you know, already the, the site's such a steal. You, you really don't need the promo code to, to get a great deal, but with the promo code, I mean, it's just even better. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I was a huge fan of fantasy points before I ever worked there before I knew Scott or Graham or any of these guys. Um, and yeah, it really is a dream come true to be able to work for such an awesome football site. Yeah. Scott used to do the PFF show with Scott, uh, years back and, uh, glad to see he's sort of moved on to the fantasy points uh, realm over here. Uh, and then Graham personally, what are you doing over here? on fantasy points every week uh there's there's just there's so much between jake's articles your articles just being on the show just a, a lot going on over there yeah we always have something cooking uh, i just had an article come out it's basically like a top 10 stats rundown from the data suite so I, I went through basically what are the top 10 stats that i look at every single week uh and how i use it in the data suite uh, i go through basically uh, everything you need to know from like you know, expected fantasy points, which is kind of like Scott Barrett's brainchild to like, you know, usage stats. We have a great new stat, first read target share, which Ryan Heath wrote an awesome article about earlier this offseason, literally like a thesis level piece about first read targets. Uh, maybe the best article I read this offseason was that one. But yeah, just basically breaks down everything you need to know, top 10 stats in season. Uh, we have some really cool splits and you know maybe we'll talk about it today uh in the data suite but we have some amazing splits that we'll we'll be able to like really dive and sink our teeth into in season for specifically with like coverages and matchups so yeah i mean it's uh it's an exciting time and uh, in that article at the bottom of it you can check out kind of a little bit more how i research in season with matchups and everything with fantasy points data 
Yeah, we'll get into, we'll certainly be highlighting some of the, the tools as we move on through the season and also a little bit later in the show. Uh, but first, uh, I guess let's talk, uh, let's maybe change this up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about coverages and last year's season, scoring, all this fun stuff that's been happening in NFL. Over the last couple of years, we saw, I think it was the COVID year that scoring spiked up because uh, whatever reason, defenses, I think we're playing, not able to uh, get into what the offenses were doing so much. Last year, we saw scoring come down a little bit. We saw these coverage shells limiting the big plays. Teams didn't want to get beat deep to give up points fast. So which one of you wants to take the lead on this one? Let's talk about what basically happened last year. And let's talk about maybe did you see anything in the preseason? Is this going to change? Are teams sort of doing the same thing? Is scoring going to go up? Scoring going to go down? Are these coverages going to be the same? Because we're trying to score fantasy points. We need players to get big plays. We need players to score points. That's how we win our leagues. That's how we win our DFS games. That's how we win our prop bets. Graham, let me throw it to you first here. What's going on in the NFL this year in terms of these coverages, scoring? What can we expect? Sure. So the 2020 year was an outlier year from multiple senses. Obviously, practice time was severely diminished. We had players going on and off the COVID list. Uh, there was also like a big spike in defensive penalties. You know, it was kind of interesting. Uh, DPIs were up without players, uh, without fans in the stadium. So, that, I mean, that was kind of an interesting bit. But uh, what we've seen in the last couple of years is a marked increase in the rate at which cover three is played. Uh, it has been popularized by Vic Fangio, who's now in Miami. But basically, cover three and cover one are basically two disguised coverages. Cover three is zone, one high safety. Cover one is man, one high safety. And, you know, in general, that's like the bread and butter for NFL. So I think a lot of this discussion about two high safeties has kind of gotten lost in the context that the bread and butter for most NFL coverages is, is cover three and cover one. Now, this is all to say, you know, you know, I think a lot of the context and conversation has gotten surrounded around Joe Burrow and whether or not the Bengals can kind of get back to throwing deep. I've just got to say, I mean, T. Higgins was dealing with three injuries last year. Jamar Chase tried to play through a hip injury, which required surgery midseason, and he still played excellent. Uh, I think some of that, what we saw specifically last season was kind of like some team driven stuff, like the Bengals just didn't have their top two receivers healthy for most of the season. That's to say for the Bengals, I mean, I think it's wheels up here. Burrow, Chase, Higgins, they're all healthy, all ready to go. Uh, by and large, though, I think we need to shift away from thinking about, you know, coverages is like, you know, this corner is going to line with this receiver 100% of the time. That's just like very rarely happens in the NFL. And when you need me thinking more about coverage shells and the way specific offenses attack coverage shells, and in particular, cover three and cover one, since those are the highest ran coverages in the league. Yeah, we'll try to expand on that over the season. Hopefully you guys keep tuning into the show uh, week after week. Jake, I want to ask you, are you in agreement with what Graham's saying? Uh, he mentioned Cincinnati specifically, but there were some big quarterback injuries last year too. We saw Tua go out. There's yep. some really bad quarterback play as well last year. Obviously, I think that affected the scoring some as well. What, what side of that? Is it more of the injuries? Is it more of more teams are playing this cover coverage shell that's limiting the big plays. How are you uh, expanding on this as we get into the season? 
Yeah, so I think Graham had some some really great notes on that. Uh, I actually looked into this earlier today, and I found I had some interesting findings. So average depth of target has fallen over a full yard league-wide mm-hmm. since 2006. And I think it's because offenses have really come around to the idea that turnovers are just a massive win probability killer. And I think we've really seen a big development in like screens, screen game and quick game within NFL offenses, especially. I mean, look at what the Chiefs do. You know, at their passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage are you know, the linebackers heads are spinning with all the motion and stuff. Um, also league wide yards per carry hit an all time high last season. League wide yards per carry was at four and a half yards per carry. And I think that just comes back to the, the running quarterbacks. Um, you know, teams are running the ball more because they have athletic quarterbacks and that seems to be the most effective way to run the ball. Um, beyond that plays per drive have also ticked up a bit as teams go for it more on fourth. Uh, which means longer drives. And that also means fewer overall possessions. So, you know, you could say if, if these trends continue, you know, scoring will continue to decrease at the same time though, especially from like the coverage angle um, you know, these offensive coordinators and these quarterbacks spend their whole time trying to figure out how to beat the coverages they get, they get fed the most. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if we saw scoring start to tick up a little bit again at the same time though, you know, current trends probably do suggest that it, you know, it may stay flat or even decrease another, you know, 10th of a point or something. All right. Hopefully, uh, as the season goes on, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll look into the data uh, on coverages, which players can possibly be beating, which coverages. We'll be looking at that maybe even a little bit today, uh, a little later on. Uh, but I want to get to, uh, we're calling this our stand segment. We're going to do this basically every week. All three of us are going to take a stand, maybe a tease for something a little bit later on the show. I'm going to go first. Uh, my stand I'm taking, I think there's a game out there that the sports books, Vegas, whoever you, you think makes these lines, they're way too low on the total. There's some ascending offenses against some league average at best defenses. And this total looks way too low. I'll get into it both from DFS and sports betting in just a little bit. Jake, let's go to you. What's your stand for the week? Yeah, so I, I think everyone is going to be way too low on Anthony Richardson in week one even early in the season, you know, first month, this is the most athletic quarterback of all time. He's going up against a Jacksonville defense that ranked as the seventh softest schedule adjusted matchup against opposing quarterbacks last season. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this dude absolutely crushed for fantasy immediately, especially with Jonathan Taylor sitting out. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but yeah, that's going to be one of my big stands for the first month of the season. Probably Graham, what are you coming in firing out on for week one? Yeah, big stand for me will be taking the opposite quarterback. I think most people are going to be on in Browns, Bengals. I mean, that game's what the third or fourth highest total on the main slate. I think third, fourth highest total on the, the overall slate. Uh, yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson, we'll talk a little bit more in the DFS section, but uh, that game has some underrated upside. And I think Deshaun Watson will get back to scoring like a top eight, top 10 fantasy quarterback once again this season. All right. You mentioned the DFS segment that is coming up. Right after this, I got to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Uh, All right, let's get into the DFS segment. 
Uh, I don't know. Let's go with Graham. You just mentioned taking the opposite quarterback in that Cleveland-Cincinnati game. Which side do you think more people are going to be on, and which side are you more interested in? Oh, you're on mute, Grant. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll see what ownership sick, uh, shakes out to be. Uh, right now, I, I think Deshaun Watson stands out as a, a great upside play, 6K on DraftKings. In terms of like ceiling projection, I think he's, you know, he's a tier below Jalen Hurts and the top of the, the quarterback board. But I mean, I think at, at his best, he still has like, you know, 30 points well in his range of outcomes. And we've heard this whole offseason, Kevin Stefanski has been hyping up, hey, I want. I want Watson to run more. You know, I want him to scramble more. We saw that a little bit in the preseason on five drives. Watson had well over 30 rushing yards. You know, he had a couple scrambles in there. And, you know, last year, the Browns were extremely run heavy. I think that's going to shift a little bit more towards the past. They'll ultimately probably, once we end up looking at the season splits, they'll probably be pretty balanced. But, you know, I think any increase in pass rate, any increase in scrambling from Watson, will be great. And then for this game specifically, you know, we, we know the Bengals are going to come out and throw it. Uh, if the Browns are going to match the pace with Pat more pass heavy uh, offense this year with Watson scrambling more and looking to, uh, to scramble more and extend plays this season, this game, you know, it's rightfully totaled at 47 and a half, but I think we could easily see this going, game go well into the fifties and be like the key game that you have to have this week. Do you have a specific read on which wide receiver, tight end? You've got Amari Cooper. You've got Elijah yeah. Moore, DPJ maybe, Njoku, right? I think there's going to be a couple of very popular tight ends this week due to pricing coming out uh, many weeks yeah. ahead of week one. Njoku is going to basically be playing an every down receiving role. You got a favorite target against this Bengals defense? Yeah, I expect more and Njoku, especially more to be chalk. I think the way to get weird is to double stack with Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper's pretty palatable price at 5.8K to under 6K. Uh, there's a few receivers, and maybe we'll talk about a few more Niners guys in that kind of like 5K, 5K range, but I think Cooper's kind of the way to get weird. He'll probably be well under 10% owned because there's so many good plays in that 5K range this week. All right, I'm going to go to myself personally for DFS and uh, our first run of ownership projections here at Roto-Grinders. I uh, have my head spinning on a couple of players, one of them being Jamal Williams being the highest owned running back at nearly 25% uh, against the stalwart Tennessee Titans run defense. I mean, they were number one basically across the board in almost every category in run defense last year. And not much has really changed. I sort of expect that to continue for the Titans. So if we're all pounding Jamal Williams into, you know, two, three yards per carry, not really involved in the receiving game, uh, Alvin, I know Alvin Kamara is out and he should be the focal point of the run game. Why are we beating our heads against the wall doing that when we can just take the opposite, opposite side of that in these large field tournaments? Because as good as their run defense is, their pass defense is just as bad as the run defense is good. So you've got Derek Carr, uh, you've got Chris Olave, you've got Michael Thomas, you've got Jawan Johnson. I think it's going to be a reasonably, uh, maybe maybe not Eagles-like in terms of how concentrated the passing game is going to be, but these are going to be the dudes getting the ball uh, on most of the plays here, specifically Chris Olave. And as long as Michael Thomas is healthy, he's gonna, you're going to have to prove to me, last year in limited playing time, he was still getting, he was balling out as long as he was healthy. You're going to have to prove to me that he's either washed or he's injured before I'm going to have little interest in him, especially in large field tournaments. So 
uh, as a contrarian play if these ownership projections hold. And I think Jamal Williams will be reasonably popular as long as more guys don't get hurt in practice like Travis Kelsey today. Uh, I think stop it. <laughs> maybe taking <laughs> maybe taking the opposite side of that. We have Derek Carr around five percent. Uh, I'm looking at Chris Olave. Like, I mean, I can just bring them up here on lineup HQ. Uh, Chris Olave at 15%. So I think his price tag at 6.5K in the mid tier does look pretty good. But Michael Thomas is 5,100. Shahid can take a, a deep, you know, uh, three receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown for Shahid in the dome. That plays at 3,700. You've got uh, Juwan Johnson, 3,900. A lot of people are going to be playing sub 3K tight end. So that will differentiate your lineup a little bit. I, you know, Jimmy Graham caught the preseason touchdown. Don't really think it's going to be him too much. You do have to worry about Taysom Hill scoring a touchdown here and there. He's 3,700, probably not too interested in him. Um, but I think it's going to be a very concentrated passing offense. And I'm much more inclined in the tournament fields uh, to maybe, you know, move against that Jamal Williams ownership in an attempt uh, to ride out the passing game from the Saints. So that's an early week take for me. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at from a DFS perspective uh, as early as we are right now on Tuesday? Yeah, Brent, I just want to say that I I, I love that call. Uh, Tennessee gave up the most deep receiving yards last year. Chris Olave, fifth in dot, fifth in um, air yards per game. Uh, he could absolutely blow up. He was also the only player uh, who ranked top 10 in air yards per game who did not have a 30-point uh, fantasy performance. So the big games are coming for Olave for sure. But the main game that I'm looking at this week is the Jacksonville Indianapolis game. I mean, I already mentioned Anthony Richardson as a guy who I think is a great play. I mean, the Roto Grinders ownership projections have him under 3% owned. For the most athletic quarterback of all time, that could be the best it ever gets at, at you know, what's his price? 5600. I mean, this this might be the ultimate buy low spot on Richardson, and if it's not, it's probably one of these games in the next few weeks. Um, you also have a ton of great salary saving options. Deion Jackson is super cheap, and he's expected to carry the load this week with Zach Moss, you know, still dealing with that broken wrist. Alec Pierce is super cheap. Alec Pierce had 45% of the Colts deep targets last season. Um, and Matt Ryan had the second worst accuracy behind Zach Wilson on deep passes last season. That's according to the lovely fantasy points data suite. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love this game. I also think there's a lot of good opportunities on the Jacksonville side of the ball. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to pay, uh, pay up for Calvin Ridley. There's some uncertainty in regards to what his ex exact role is going to be. Um, and yeah, he's only projecting for about 6% ownership with you guys. So I really like him as sort of the, you know, the run back if you are stacking Richardson. Um, and yeah, like guys like Etienne, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram are all, you know, pretty solid plays. I could certainly see this game shooting out. And, you know, I think if it does, Anthony Richardson could score just a ton of fantasy points. So yeah, I'm going to be all over this game in week one. Yeah, he's Cam Newton, but even theoretically much more athletic Faster, bigger, stronger. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, but I like that call. And what's Calvin Ridley's role? His role is going to be awesome. That's going to be his role. I expect <laughs> him to basically come out. And uh, as long as he's not joining us in the sports betting ranks anymore, I expect him to have a very nice NFL season kicking it off uh, in, in Indianapolis in the Dome. A lot of Dome games week one. Uh, so uh, I, I like Ridley quite a bit. O Olave at 15% ownership. Ridley at 5% ownership. Uh, Ridley. For, for those large field tournaments, uh, I used to do the Roto Grinders Millionaire Maker Series article. Now I got nominated for one of those awards, Jake. I never, I, ne I didn't bring home the hardware, uh, but I, I did uh, get nominated for one of those a long time ago. Uh, but Ridley looks like one of those five to six, seven percentage players that you might need to have at the end of the day if he sort of maintains that alpha role he had in Atlanta. Uh, I think he's going to put Kirk and Zay Jones 
uh, to the wayside and establish himself. So I, I like that call from Ridley and the run it back from Pierce. You're looking for a deep ball from Richardson. Uh, we talked about, uh, who was it, Shahid from the Saints playing at 3,700, Pierce at 3,800 from, from Richardson, three for 80 and a touchdown on a deep ball. That plays very well at 3.8K in a large field tournament. Yeah, uh, Pierce Pierce has like some like Zay Jones, like corollary vibes this year where he's like clearly going to be a starter in two wide receiver sets. Like he's clearly either deep threat and like kind of he can play in the intermediate area. He's got a clearly different role than Pittman too. Like, yeah, I, I've been big on Alec Pierce in best ball and especially like this week. I mean, that, at that price for this game, especially um, Jake, I love the call. I mean, this, this is one of the few games, you know, I think Browns, Browns Bengals is definitely going to get a ton of ownership, especially with that total rising. Uh, but this game for sure. Uh, probably has the sneakiest upside in terms of pace, in terms of all the players, all the pieces. So I love that call too. Yeah, really. I'm I'm just proud of us for not saying Miami and um, Los Angeles. That's <laughs> well, everybody in the hold, world hold is going to talk hold about on. that. We're, game not, we're not done here because oh, I want to ask you guys a question here. I'm I'm big on Tyree Kill this week. I think he's right. I, I want him over Justin Jefferson, straight up. Uh, you can keep you can keep the six hundred dollars on DraftKings or whatever the difference is on FanDuel. I want Tyree Kill. Uh, Tua had a, a horrific game against the Chargers last year, and I'm I'm throwing that out. You know, he had what like 17 concussions by the time that game was played. I'm not really too concerned about that. He's coming into this year uh, healthy, as far as we know. And Tua to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek is the clear number one. As good as Waddle can be, Tua is going to throw it to Tyreek Hill 13, 14, 15 times in this game. If this game's going to shoot out, uh, I I want Tyreek Hill would. Would you guys either want him over Justin Jefferson straight up? How do you see Jefferson's role maybe in this game that maybe gets a little bit out of hand if Tampa Bay can't keep their you know, foot to the pedal in terms of scoring with Minnesota? You've got Jordan Addison, you know, a beloved rookie coming in to take Adam Thielen's uh, old snaps out of the way here. You got TJ Hawkinson was able to sort of reinvent himself in Minnesota. You know, th- there's a couple more miles to feed in Minnesota where in Miami, it's clearly Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle getting basically all the work. Yeah, I um, personally, I mean, I'm viewing Hill and Jefferson as like basically the same play. Um, and, you know, the tiebreaker is just price. And that, that makes me lean Hill. Los Angeles also was another team that was extremely weak against the deep ball last season. So I'm with you, Britt. Like, I'm totally fine um, throwing out that game. Um from last year. I, I love Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think Scott Barrett had a tweet where, you know, if Tyreek Hill ran as many routes as Justin Jefferson, he would have had like 2,200 receiving yards last season. Uh, his efficiency, I mean, he was at like three and a half yards per out run or maybe just a little under his efficiency last year was absolutely yeah. insane, especially if you just isolate for games that, um, you know, Tua was fully healthy in. Yeah, the, the Chargers play a good bit of everything. Their predominant coverage, though, is cover three. And that was the coverage that Tua and Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill like shredded last year. Tua led the NFL in yards per attempt against cover three, uh, 11.4. He had 120, I think it was like 123.5 or 123 point something passer rating. Again, led the NFL against cover three. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Tyreek. And then obviously mixing the fact that this game has the chance to go nuts. Mixing the fact that Jefferson potentially is in a slower game with the team that might struggle. Um, we, we're, we have, I don't think we're going to talk about that game, but real quick, I mean, Brian Flores is going to absolutely blitz the living daylights out of Baker Mayfield on that game. Uh, I, I think that game probably uh, goes under. So, yeah, I mean, 
everybody's going to be on chargers dolphins is the clear top game and it's obvious why but yeah Ty- tyreek is the wide receiver one is not not spicy at all i think it's just the right take all right uh if you like anything you saw here on the roto grinder screen here uh and you aren't a roto grinders premium subscriber already let me tell you about this uh you can get uh, nfl is already here and we're more ready than ever with our team of experts and suites of tools you can let roto grinders handle the legwork so you can work less and win more this NFL season. You can get access to everything we have to offer at a special discount available only to those without a Roto-Grinders subscription already. You can get a full season sub for $50 off at a limited time only price of $375. Uh, you can go to rotogrinders.com for more information on that. And uh, I can tell you articles, the shows, uh, lineup HQ, the projections, everything is top-notch over here at Roto-Grinders. Uh, make sure to check that out if you aren't a sub already. Uh, all right, here's the time in the show uh, where I want to bring up some of these amazing tools that Fantasy Points has because as the season progresses, the show is going to be us talking less about random stuff and us talking about the stuff in the data tool from Fantasy Points. So, Jake, I want to throw it over to you. Uh, and I want to go over the bell cow report with you. This is talking, I know uh, Scott Barrett, back when I used to do shows with him, bell cow running backs. I'm assuming this is sort of an extension of what he used to talk about. Uh, what are some things you wanted to talk about? I know you have an example possibly uh, of James Conner I could bring up for you, show some of the people how easy it to use here. But what is the bell cow report? How can we use this for DFS, sports betting, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So, I mean, the bell cow report is really just everything you need to know in regard to running back usage and production. Every running back stat that matters is in here. And the best part is that there's basically a nearly unlimited number of filters you can use to decipher running back usage in like any imaginable scenario. We're going to keep it pretty simple by just going, you know, second half of the season from week 10 on looking at how James Conner performed. Cause I mean, you'll see by both usage and production, he clearly dominated, but you know, my favorite part of the bell cow report is that it's just all laid out so simply for you. I mean, you can try to make this yourself in Excel, but it, it takes a while. Like it's it's difficult to get this. Plus, you're not going to have expected fantasy points without subscribing to fantasypoints.com. So, you know, it, it's it's pretty much pointless to do this in Excel um, when you can just get it for fifty dollars. But it's so so convenient. Um, you know, to filter down to exactly what you need to see. Um, so yeah, if you sort by expected fantasy points per game, you'll see Connor really pop um i believe that's all the way to the uh to the right the third column from the right um yeah connor second or yeah fourth in expected fantasy points per game in the last nine weeks of the season jonathan gannon already mentioned that he's very comfortable with connor uh, as the team's bell cow you look at the rest of that running back room it's a total disaster um i'm totally fine with connor as a play at, at 6400 on on DraftKings. the only problem of course with james connor is that he plays for the cardinals and the cardinals might score like four touchdowns all season so um <laughs> that, that's probably the only hole you could you could poke in that but you know his usage is is just simply incredible and like I said, I mean, this is everything you need to know about running back usage. Um, you know, when I first started at Fantasy Points, Scott Barrett used to uh, email me Excel sheets that, you know, basically had this, but they didn't have the filters. And uh, now now it does. And it's public. It's it's so awesome. So, yeah, absolutely love the Belcar report. It's going to be, you know, one of the main things I look at every week. Yeah. I, I, in the best ball streets were uh, I didn't dabble in those this year. I had a, a baby last year in my life. I used to play. I used to be the thousand best baller leagues and i did literally zero this year because i just don't have the time for it are we worried about connor 
not week one, but like week 16, can we count on count on James Conner if this team's, you know, one and 14 and doing everything they can to lose Graham? That's the argument against him. I think that's that's the part of the, the whole point is ADP is where it's at. I mean, I, I've had him higher than ADP all offseason. I know Jake has too. It's kind of baked into price that he's going to miss games. But just like Jake says, I mean, I, I chase volume. Uh, that's like the number one thing I look for with, with running backs. And, yeah, I mean, Cardinals aren't going to be very good this year, but Connor's probably not going to come off the field at all uh, this week. Uh, he's an interesting leverage play. I mean, Washington is going to be by far the highest defense. So, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to get weird and play like a one-off Connor, fade Washington D, uh, you know, I think that's that's fine. But uh, lots of good running back plays this week. Um, I don't know if we've had to go to Connor, but, yeah, I'm with Jake on, on Connor for season long this week for sure. All right. I want to go to you, Graham, on the running back and wide receiver efficiency report. Even more stuff in here. And there, there's like 10 or 15 different things in the dashboard you can go to. These are just a couple we're showing to you. As we get more data in the season, we're yeah. going to spend a lot of the show digging through this and showing you guys. I mean, this is what you want to be able to understand who the plays are that you're going to want to use in fantasy, the guys you're going to want to target in sports betting, all of that fun stuff. What can we glean from the running back if wide receiver efficiency report, Graham? Yeah, so this is just like the best one-stop shop for every efficiency metric that matters. I spent a ton of time this offseason digging into like, you know, which fantasy metrics correlate best to certain advanced metrics. And in general, just like for receivers, yards per route run is like by far the best efficiency metric. And then like you were mentioning, oh, by the way, we have like these crazy insane filters. If you click the left-hand side where like that uh, drop-down's at, uh, click advanced filters or more filters there. That'll get you there. Uh, go down to play for it and then scroll down to defense. It'll be uh, kind of near the bottom. This is where you'll be able to find uh, basically all the, all the coverages that you would want to see coverage scheme right there. If you're looking for like, let's say this, this week, the Patriots and the Eagles game, you're researching that game, right? You know, the Patriots play a lot of cover one, a lot of cover one man. They play a lot of cover two man. You could go in there and you'll find, you know, sort through the Eagles receivers, see how they performed against those specific coverage shells. Uh, this will be a huge game changer during the season. You can find uh, any of these efficiency metrics also in advanced rushing, advanced receiving. That's like the mainstay pages. But uh, just for this, this is like the best catch all spot for runners for receivers uh we have you know yards after contact misstock was forced charted uh charted data proprietary data for the last two years so uh those are the two best running back stats we have of course have them right there in your disposal easy to uh filter through go through so again this is the uh running back receiver efficiency report definitely the best catch-all spot for any of the best efficiency metrics. And again, we've curated all the ones that matter. So any noisy stats that don't really matter, you know, don't really have any correlation to fantasy points or any you know, correlation at all for our game, we left them out. So these are all the best efficiency metrics that you need to know. And we brought up the Eagles specifically. A.J. Brown yeah, um, yeah. versus those coverages. Had the most yards bad, in the league right? last year. Might might be relevant to yeah. Week seems okay. Or something like that. I've been yeah, uh, hammering okay. him. Uh, I think Underdog had his line at sixty three and a half yards for this game for a while. So needless to say, there's uh, many many tickets on on good old Underdog with uh, sixty three nice. and a half AJ Brown yards on there. I think they've it's bumped up to sixty eight and a half now, which I'm fine with as well. 
Uh, I think most projection systems have them uh, well over 70 currently. So uh, just a couple of the tools at Fantasy Points. Again, in season as the show, as the NFL season progresses, uh, we'll be digging into these more and more, finding out the stats that actually really matter to Fantasy Points because that's what we need to win a million dollars. That's what we need to win our bets uh, and all of that fun stuff. So happy to have access to this and to be able to share it with you guys uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, all right, let's get to some sports bets. Uh, not everybody has access to sports betting. It's in most, well, not even most states really anymore. But you know what? I have access to it. I can play fantasy. We're going to talk about some sports bets for the people out here because it's just, it's become so much more mainstream. And as the year comes on, even more states will be getting to it. Uh, so let's see, what do we want to talk about? I'll start off first here with uh, a bet I'm on, and I teased this at the beginning. Uh, an offense, I think, uh, a game I think the total is just too low on, is the Packers and the Bears. I've wrote this up on Scores and Odds. Uh, that's the sports betting site here at Roto-Grinders. If you wanted to bring up the screen share, that'd be great. You get a look behind the premium here. Uh, but like Jordan Love, right, Look pretty good. In the preseason, can the do the Packers? Is it unfair if they get to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers? And well, like, if Jordan Love's good, like it's unfair, right? They shouldn't be able to do this uh, decade after decade. But he looked good enough in the preseason. The Bears' defense, league leading twenty-seven point two points per game allowed last year. Now it's probably going to get a little better simply because they were so bad. But it's not going to—they're not going to move to the top half of the league. They're still going to be a pretty bad defense this year. Justin Fields, another year, right? They started unleashing him at the end of the year. Able to, He didn't really run the first half of the year. He's going to run the whole season. They get DJ Moore in a trade. He's going to be a clear number one wide receiver target. This is at 43. I don't understand why this total is so low in this game. Neither defense is great. Both offenses, I think, are going to be better than expected. Uh, this is my favorite bet of the week as it stands right now. I teased it at the open. Packers, Bears, over 43. Quick thoughts from either of you. Are, are you guys for or against on the fence? What do you guys think? I'm with you. I'm with you on this game. I think in general this year, I think the Packers are going to play faster. I think some of their pace last year and previous years was Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, Packers playing a little faster would be a huge help. Obviously, Justin Fields has the ability to, to you know break every, any game. Uh, and, Britt, we'll talk later about uh, some some props and picks. I have two overs from this game, so I'm definitely definitely with you on especially some of the pass catchers in this game. All right, let's get to uh, Jake. Jake, give me one of the bets that you're on this week. Yeah, so one of one of the bets that I like is uh, Carolina plus three and a half at Atlanta. You can get that uh, at minus one oh eight over at DraftKings. I mean, to me, this really just comes down to quarterback play. Atlanta quarterbacks by Desmond Ritter. Carolina is Bryce Young. I mean, sure, you could argue Atlanta is overall the better team, but I'm just extremely bearish on Desmond Ritter. This line doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I think at the very least, it should be it should be closer to a pick Um, Yeah, big fan of Carolina this week against Atlanta. It looks like plus three and a half at minus 108 as we stand live during the show. Looks like the best line on DraftKings. Uh, Graham, what's something you're looking at this week? Sure. Uh, I have been looking at Eagles three and a half. I got them on FanDuel this afternoon. Mostly fours out there. I'm sure I think there's a three and a half still out there on FanDuel. Last I checked, maybe a couple hours for the show. So it's still out there. Is it minus 115? 
Uh, listen, I think this line's just a uh, the spread's a little low. I've got about a point higher, maybe a point and a half, maybe five Eagles. Uh, regardless of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense, like this Eagles' defense is going to smother the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots' offensive line was not very good last season. We obviously saw the Eagles, you know, what ranked second in pressure rate. They were number one in sacks by far. Uh, they've lost some key defensive like veteran pieces, but I'm not expecting like a humongous drop off defensively for them. Uh, Eagles were really bad against the spread on the road last season. I think that's a part of the reason this this number is as low as it is. Uh, but I think there's a little noise in that. Uh, so Eagles three and a half has been one that that's kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, I'm going to go next because I think all of us like this Eagles game here. I'm yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can bring this up here on scores and odds uh, for all of you. You can get my uh, analysis. Uh, I basically I've turned scores and odds into my own personal sports betting app for week one. So uh, I just have an endless <laughs> supply uh, of it. bets here, but I am on the uh, Eagles uh, first half money line with the Eagles full game money line. So yeah. instead of the spread or the money line, uh, th this Eagles offense, they, this was like the bet last year. And I don't really think the Eagles are much different of a team. And I don't think the Patriots are much better of a team outside of they have an actual offensive coordinator this year. And uh, then has Juju's knee exploded yet? Or are we still waiting for that to happen uh, from the reports I've seen on here? But anyway, uh, I just think the Eagles, right? You said they have this amazing defensive line. They got the, the league let them get Jalen Carter because he had some issues. And now he's coming in here uh, and they're just going to rotate extremely amazing pass rushers the entire game at Mac Jones, who doesn't really have too many options to throw the ball at. Uh, you look at some of the Eagle statistics in the first half last year. It's mind blowing. I think AJ Brown had over 900 yards in the first half of games receiving last year. And, you know, I bet him to uh, his, his season long over on yards. I bet him to be the highest res yards receiving in the league too, because if they just get a little bit of resistance, I mean, the ceiling is absolutely enormous for everybody on this Eagles offense as long as they're healthy. I'm looking for the Eagles to come out. I'm not looking for a, a Super Bowl hangover. They just come out and basically they run New England right out of their own building in this one. Let, they're going to win in the first half. They're going to win the full game. Uh, it was a bet I used a lot last year. It's a bet I'm going back to until it, it basically stops working over a number of games. This is going to be one of my favorite bets of the year. You can get it basically plus 105 uh, across many sports books right now. And uh, a little note, check your same game parlays instead of the pre-made full-time, uh, halftime full-time line, you might be able to get a little better of a line. Uh, Jake, what do you got for this game? It seems like we all want this one. Uh, Oh, actually, I think you got some. No, I, I, I just changed it. I didn't want to be. Well, All right. okay, I am, I am on the Eagles <laughs> game, but I, I felt like we needed just a little more variety. So I'm throwing out, uh, Cincy minus two and a half, mm -hmm. at Cleveland. Um, I am just a little concerned about the entire market assuming Deshaun Watson is back to old form. I'm not sure that he will be, and it, you know, maybe it takes half a season for him to get there. Um, and I, I straight up think Cincinnati's. Um, significantly better than Cleveland, especially if you assume Watson isn't his old self. Um, so I like Cincinnati there. I'm also surprised nobody said San Francisco minus two and a half uh, against Pittsburgh. I that may have that on scores and odds. I'm just saying it might, it might be on there. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're very uh, very meshed this episode. We're, we're very I in line. I, I like so, that. So Graham, I want to know who has seniority here between you and Jake because he's going against you week one. Are you are you able to, uh, to, <laughs> to move this up the chain to get some discipline on him? 
<laughs> no, no, dude. I love it. I love HR on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm our HR, our HR lead, Scott Barrett, uh, worst yeah. HR lead of all time. Uh, if no. that's the HR lead, that this isn't going anywhere. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. No, I, I think, uh, I think Watson, Watson will return to form. Brown's defense is really good too, man. Uh, this will be a close game. A lot of, a lot of money coming in on Browns. I think, you know, I think two and a half might be a little low. Uh, it'll probably move through three. So I'm with you on that. I think Bengals will get some money. Uh, one last bet for me game on Thursday night. You might've, uh, you might've heard chiefs lions are playing uh, maybe no Travis Kelsey. Jerick McKinnon's anytime touchdown bet is up to plus plus one ninety five on DraftKings. I think that makes a lot of sense. He scored obviously a ton of touchdowns in their run last year that will regress, but obviously no Kelsey. Uh, he's going to you know, maintain a, a high role in the red zone. Kadarius Tony's missed a ton of practice time as well. Uh, I kind of expect Tony to es- eventually take over like the kind of Jarek McKinnon role in the red zone. But at least for this week, I think McKinnon has some strong touchdown equity. I took McKinnon plus 195 anytime touchdown this afternoon. I'm not sure if it's still up because of the Kelsey news, but uh, if it is, I'd, I'd get in on it. Yeah, Graham, are you so that, at all that, concerned about, um, you know, McKinnon's like last season, we saw McKinnon's usage in the first half of the season was was much lighter, especially in the red zone compared to his usage in the second half of the season. Um, do you, does that concern you at all? Or do you think we're going to see closer to what we saw in the second half of last year? For week one, I think we'll see what we saw closer to what that offense was at the end of the season. You know, like I said, Tony's missed a ton of practice time. Kelsey's yeah. probably going to miss. Uh, Pacheco has missed a ton of practice time too. So, uh, yeah. you know, McKinnon's, McKinnon's probably going to be a big part of the red zone package, at least just for this week for the season though. I'm, I've been completely out on McKinnon. Like I haven't drafted him anywhere. Uh, so I, I wasn't expecting to bet on Jerick McKinnon week one, but I saw a plus plus one ninety five plus 200 out there. Uh, I thought I'd take a little stab at it. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I think that's a great bet. Yeah. All right, let's get to some of those who maybe you're not in a sports betting state, but you can play the fantasy pick'em site, sort of like a prize picks and underdog. There's a couple others out there as well. If you ever wanted to sign up to those, uh, just check out Roto-Grinders. There's links to join any of them and plenty of content as well. Uh, I'm just making sure real quick that uh, all of my lines that I want to talk about are still live uh, on underdog. Give me one second here, Uh, but I'll start one I know for sure. Uh, Najee Harris. So this is on underdog. It's a three pick Najee Harris under 52 and a half rush yards. So the thesis behind this is I believe San Francisco only allowed 59 rushing yards per game to running backs last year. And if we're expecting Najee Harris to get 52 of those 59, I don't know, call me crazy with this, maybe not a full split workload with Jalen Warren, but maybe Warren gets a little bit more work. Maybe the San Francisco defense is a little weaker this year, but that's a healthy line against a very, very good defense for Najee Harris. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I don't know if sports, I know I I saw a couple uh, Sunday sports books prop lines coming in. I don't know if one's come in for Najee Harris yet, Uh, but that was 52 and a half on underdog. Uh, That is, he's at 49 and a half now. Maybe the sports books have come out on that. Uh, I would still take the under 49 and a half on that one. Uh, I'm pairing that with Aaron Rodgers, uh, who is sitting at uh, 234 passing yards on underdog. I think that's a little low against the Bills as they open the season. I mean, he's got Garrett Wilson. He's got his boys, Alan Lazard. Uh, he's got Randall Cobb in there. You know, he's got Brees Hall out of the backfield. Dalvin Cook maybe a little bit. 
if they want to keep pace with Buffalo, I think they're going to be throwing in this game. And I think the Aaron Rodgers debut is going to go pretty well for him. So the 234.5, I'm going to take the over on that on underdog. And then I'm also going to put in uh, Christian Watson. I got to make sure this line is absolutely still here because oh, uh, it's everything, all the sportsbook lines must have just got got in and underdogs adjusted. So Christian Watson's been at 42 and a half yards all basically for a week on underdog. He was up to 45 and a half earlier today. He's at 50 and a half now, which generally I, I don't put fresh money after I've gotten the lines and so good, but the Roto Grinders projections have him over 70. I was looking at the blitz from Derek Hardy. He's got him well into the sixties. I, I looked at a couple other projections, high fifties, high sixties, mid sixties, I like the over in this game. Why would I not want to tack on Christian Watson? The 50 and a half, if you've already got it, might seem a little high, uh, but I'm still okay putting fresh money in that one. So my three pick, Najee under 49 and a half, Aaron Rodgers over 234, and Watson over 50 and a half receiving yards, uh, all on underdog. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at this week for the fantasy pick'em sites? For sure. I uh, did a little foreplay on price picks. I actually have five, so if you want to kind of include it, you can. Uh, Deshaun Watson, over 24.5 rushing yards. Kind of stood out as a little low. I have it closer to like 29.5. It's what he averaged last season. And then, like I said earlier in the show, I, I think we're going to see Watson throw uh, move more and, and throw more on the run. Uh, that'll open up more scrambles, more scrambling lanes, and then you mix in the fact this game's going to probably shoot out. Yeah, Watson over 24 and a half. Uh, one on price picks that also stood out to me as a little low is Travis Etienne at uh, 57 and a half, taking the over there. Jags are obviously big favorites. They should play with leverage. I'm expecting Etienne to you know, be the clear 1A. I think take, Tank Bigsby is definitely going to mix in and kind of the change of pace. But Etienne has explosive rushing upside. Uh, 57 and a half looks a little low. I've got this closer projected like 66 and a half as an efficient line. Uh, I was going to say Christian Watson over 50 and a half. That 45 and a half you got at underdog is, is spicy. I still think I got a lot uh, of 42 and a half. I mean, I'm dude. I'm, nice. Yeah, that's that's really nice. He's uh, good. We got to hope the cash comes through. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, I would. So the fifth one I would add to that, and you can get this on price picks is over love passing yards i think they set it at 212 and a half so a little correlation between watson and love makes some sense and then i would also take the over on dj Moore. uh that's set at 47 and a half and like i'm not like a big dj Moore stan or anything like that i think for fantasy he's like a small hit big miss type of player but this line 47 and a half for this game i agree over 43 makes a lot of sense uh over 47 and a half on price picks for dj Moore. Uh, you can kind of mix in Watson and Love for a little correlation play. And again, you know, kind of mix in another angle into Brits over 43 play. Yeah, I won't even tell you what underdog had the DJ Moore line at for uh, a couple of days. So it was, a, it was a oh, very boy. low. Uh, Jake, let's close out the show. What are we looking at from you from the fantasy pickup sites this week? Yeah. First of all, I want to say love the Christian Watson pick. I, you know, that number is just ridiculous. Um, but I got TJ Hawkinson over four and a half catches. I mean, you look at his volume to end last season, he was 90% Travis Kelsey. I mean, sure. You could argue Jordan Addison is going to steal some volume from him, but generally we see rookie wide receivers get off to a slow start. So that's not something I'd be too concerned about until maybe week three, week four. Um, beyond that, love Gus Edwards over 32 and a half rushing yards. These are all over at underdog, by the way. Um, the Ravens, they're playing Houston, one of the worst run defenses in the league. 
Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both rank top 20 all time in yards per carry. Combine that with a spread offense, which generally increases rushing efficiency. I mean, Gus Edwards might only need six carries to hit this number. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins, obviously reoccurring knee issues, the whole contract situation. I wouldn't be surprised if this was closer to a 50-50 rushing split um, than some may think. And then I got Brian Robinson over 53 and a half rushing yards. Uh, commanders are favored by seven points here against Arizona. I just think game script is going to be so in Robinson's favor. And when you look at, you know, last season, I mean, Graham, I know you had a tweet about how Robinson's uh, efficiency increased, um, you know, once he fully recovered from that gunshot wound, obviously horrible. Um, but also, you know, the rushing split between him and Antonio Gibson was heavily in Robinson's favor. I mean, he crossed that number even in the games he played with Gibson almost every single time in that second half of the season. So, yeah, I love all three of those bets. Uh, really banking on my my workhorse non-pass catching running backs to get there in positive game script this week. Yeah, and if you want to feed Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson's the same price on DraftKings. And at 12.85, these are very early Roto-Grinders projections. Uh, 48 yards, but I, I'd take the over on 13 rush attempts for Brian Robinson in this game, right, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I would take that as well. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed the Fantasy Points Prime Points show uh, for week one. Uh, again, as we get through the season, it's going to be a little bit more data heavy as we use some of the tools at Fantasy Points to really dive into not just what happened the week before, uh, but what we can try to expect on the current week as well. Uh Jake Tribby, you can find him at Jake Tribby on Twitter. Graham Barfield, you can find him at Graham Barfield on Twitter. I wish mine was that easy. I am Britt Brit underscore Divine on Twitter. Uh, some girl in Texas, Brittany Divine, I want to buy your Twitter handle. I don't want to have an <laughs> underscore anymore on mine. Uh, you've never tweeted in 400 years. Uh, I don't know how to find you, uh, but I would like to change my Twitter name. But anyway, that's a, a, a whole nother story. Uh, I had a great time dicing, uh, chopping it up with you guys. Can't wait for the whole season on the Prime Point Show. Uh, Jake, any final words? No, I mean this. This has been awesome. So cool to be able to uh, to do a show on on Roto Grinders. I will. Uh, I will certainly buy a new camera so that I don't look like I'm in a 1950s television next week. This looks. I mean, it's, I think it's just uh, fine to me. Graham, Jake, no, Jake great man. Yeah, oh, I appreciate like, that. Thank you guys. After he dunks oh, you on you, good. you're supposed to tell him he looks horrible. I, I set it up for you to throw something at you. Oh, sorry, Jake. I hate you now. I'm supposed to hate you. <laughs> oh, I've man. been told to hate you. The powers I, that be have told I've me to hate you. I've been doing so well. Yeah, uh, nah, you were. Graham, any <laughs> final were. words? It's been real fun doing the show with you guys this week. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, week one, uh, it's crazy. You got to start sit. Column coming out. Jake and I will be with our guy, Scott Barrett, on Friday nights, baby. Friday night. Set your timer. Cashing points, Graham Barfield, Jake Tribby, Scott Barrett. Going to be a great time. Uh, that will go live, I think, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. I have to do everything minus two. So, yeah, 7 Eastern. Uh, cashing points, baby. We're back going through the whole slate. Uh, it'll be great, Jake. We're going to have, like, all the news and everything in by then, too. So we're going to have all of our takes, all of our uh, – everything ready to go for week one. So check it out. Cashing points, 7 p.m. Eastern at Fantasy Points. All right. Uh, been great for the week one show, the prime points. Uh, see you guys next week, 7.30 on Tuesdays. For Jake and Graham, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.